What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Struggle to Strength podcast, your source for real-life application on how to turn your struggles into strengths in all things mind, muscle, and money. I am your host, Josh Levine, and I am joined here by my longtime friend and my co-host, Travis Hatch. And today, we've got a listener Q&A for y'all, where we're answering questions you have asked us. I really like doing these Q&As. I think they're really valuable, so keep the questions coming, and we'll keep rolling with them. Before we get into it, we ask that if you love this episode, please give us five stars on Apple or a follow on Spotify. Share us on your socials. You can find me at Josh Levine Fitness, Travis at Travis Hawks Media. Don't forget, you can also now follow the podcast on Instagram. We've got tons of valuable clips on there for y'all, so go check it out. Make sure to share them to your stories. We really appreciate it. The tag is at struggle to the number two strength pod. Be sure to give us a follow. That's it. Q&A starts now. We'll see you inside. So these are all questions that have come in through Instagram and your muscle building secret group. Yep. And they're all going to be generally fitness, nutrition, health oriented. Yep. Okay. If anyone else has any more questions, you know where to find us. Do they know where to find us? (laughs) We think you know where to find us. I'll tell you, you can probably find me at my house scratching my back. This great back scratcher I got. So so here's the first question. Okay, let's get into it. I really need this one. (laughs) What is, uh, what's the best nutrition to fuel the brain? That is a good question. I feel like I need that too. I feel like everybody needs that probably. If you're an adult over the age of 24, you need that. Yeah. If you're legally allowed to rent a vehicle, you probably need this. You need some ginkgo biloba. Ginkgo biloba. <laughs> yeah. Well, the as far as fueling the brain, we kind of covered this in the carbs versus fats episode where the brain runs well on carbohydrates. And I know some people who are ketogenic or in fan of the ketogenic diet believe that, uh, yeah, you get a brain fog at first, but then they say that things are really sharp and they're really clear. I've never experienced that. Uh, I think if this is, this comes down to, if it works well for you, then sure do it. But research shows that most individuals, most humans run well from a neurological perspective and a cognition perspective on about 130 grams of carbs daily at minimum. Okay. Um, Right, because carbs are the preferred source of energy. They fuel your brain. Now, how you get those carbs is up to you and how you feel in in your uh, ideal state of where you feel most cognitive, where you feel sharpest is ideal. Now, that, that that's strictly speaking to the diet, though. There are some supplementation Uh, protocols that I think can really help cognition. And so this might be helpful for you and for whoever asked this question. I think this was Tina. Yeah. um, Who I'm actually working with. So, Hey, what's up, Tina? Um, So some things from a supplementation standpoint that can help improve cognition and uh, neurological capacity. One is very simple and it's something that we recommend all the time to people who don't have any underlying kidney issues is creatine. Ah. Creatine actually will help improve cognition. This has been shown in a number of different research studies in uh, vegetarians and elderly adults, even in sleep deprived people. And essentially the way this works is creatine is broken down into creatine phosphate 
and you remember our talk about adenosine triphosphate, mm -hmm. well, it's floating around in the body as adenosine diphosphate. Creatine phosphate is a phosphate. It can attach to that diphosphate, create ATP, the triphosphate bond, to be used as energy for anything, for muscular contractions, for neurological function. Um, it's also been studied to improve, um, improve symptoms in people who have suffered traumatic brain injuries. Uh, it's also been proven to uh, reduce the onset of early, early onset of neurogen neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's. So it's really, it's really good for you. Creatine is a fantastic supplement. It's been proven time over time. I actually just posted about this in my story um, because someone posted this really good uh, infographic on creatine. But that would be where I would start. As long as you have no underlying kidney conditions, I think everybody should be supplementing with creatine. My parents do. Uh, it's a great supplement. It's been studied for years. Other things, um, we'd be looking more into mushrooms. Not the kind of mushrooms you're thinking, oh, <laughs> not my kind of mushroom. <laughs> um, no mushrooms, uh, like lion's mane mushroom, yeah. um, or uh, other like, like mushrooms, Joe Rogan takes, right? Well, he also takes psilocybin, I'm sure. Yeah. But, um, lion's mane mushroom, I, I'll never forget when I came out of a surgery, I had, I had my hernia surgery. And this is when I found out about lion's mane mushroom. I had some numbness and tingling that was going on around the surgical site, which was near my groin. And I was like, well, probably not my favorite. It's not going to work for me. It's not going to work for me, dog. It's going to be a no for me, dog. Have numbness and like lack of feeling around my groin pass. Yeah. So I was looking at ways to expedite the recovery process on that. And I came across lion's mane. If anybody is interested in learning about lion's mane or in learning about uh, any mushrooms, I highly recommend following Paul Stamets or listening to the Paul Stamets, Joe Rogan episodes. He is the mushroom master. I learned a lot from him, but anyway, I started taking lion's mane and it cleared up the numb. It's lion's mane is for uh, numbness or sorry, nerve uh, nerves and mental clarity. Yeah. And it's a beautiful mushroom. Like if you see it in the forest, it looks like this like white, glorious lion's mane. It's really, really pretty. And so I started taking lion's mane. I was using the host defense brand, which is Paul Stamets brand. My numbness and tingling cleared up within a week or two, but I kept taking it. Cause what I noticed is I was so mentally sharp where you and I used to talk about this. We used to get like brain farts or like micro sleeps yeah. where we'd be talking and having a conversation. Then all of a sudden you're like, what was I, what was I just saying? <laughs> so if, you, if that's ever happened to you, um, I, I would highly recommend supplementing with lion's mane. I think it's a fantastic mushroom. It has, it's really powerful. And yeah, I noticed that I wasn't having those micro sleeps or brain farts anymore. So uh, I took that for quite a while. That would be another thing that I would recommend to anybody who's looking to increase their just cognition or neurological capacity. Awesome. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Um, and creatine, it's good to know that that's good for everybody. Cause I think a lot of people yep. think that that's like a steroid. <laughs> you know <laughs> a lot I mean? of people do think it's a steroid. <laughs> so if you take creatine, you will still be natty. I promise you it is already in your body. It's in the meat that you eat. Um, and I think that's part of why it, uh, it, it helps in vegetarians specifically is they, a lot of people get creatine through red meat. Vegetarians obviously are not consuming red meat. Um, and so they can supplement with it. But yeah, creatine is not just for people who are trying to get jacked or have fitness goals. It's really good for your brain. Sick. Mm -hmm. I got one on Instagram from Paco what? And uh, he said, why is it so easy to put on weight from carbs and fat, 
but so hard to burn it off. I'm imagining he's referencing why is it easy to put on body fat? Yeah. From carbs and fat? Well, you can put body fat on from anything. I mean, we talked about this in the carbs versus fat episode. It is very hard to get fat from eating protein because um, the amino acid, acid oxidation is balanced for how many amino acids are coming in. It pretty much burns the same amount going out. It's going to utilize all of those amino acids. Um, but carbs and fats specifically, like, like carbs don't make you fat and fats don't make you fat. There's no food that makes you fat. Right. Being in a caloric surplus where you're bringing in more energy than you're expending, that'll make you fat. And do you think people maybe also think this because of what they associate carbs with? So as in like weight gain? Yeah. So like any example of the potato chips, you've got a bag that's like 1200 calories that you could smash that and like not feel full because of it's, it's crystal meth. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So it's Heisenberg. Yeah. So I think that's a big thing there too, is it's like what people are associating it with and maybe just making better choices around what those are and not demonizing like carbs or fat. Yes. But like your, you know, what your, what versions of those things you're putting in your body and like the food choices that you make. Yeah, exactly. The food choices come down to it. And now that, that being said, like there's no such thing as a good or bad food. There's just better or worse times to eat them. Now, yeah, if you eat a whole bag of potato chips, you're going to blow through all your macros. We went through the macro split of potato chips in that carbs versus fats episode. And like, that's most of my fats for the day. Like if I eat that entire bag of potato chips. Yeah. So as long as I'm staying within my macros, as long as I'm staying within my caloric balance, I'm not going to get fat. There's been studies shown where people lose weight from just eating Twinkies. Right. So there's no good or bad foods. There's just better or worse amounts or better or worse times to eat them. Now, something to pay attention to is when we're talking about carbs and fats, carbs have four calories per gram. So if you eat 50 grams of carbs, that's 200 calories. Fats have nine calories per gram. They're almost two and a half times as dense as carbohydrates from a caloric standpoint. So if you eat 50 grams of fat, that's like 450 calories. Yeah. So that's why watching your fats really does make a big difference because it's really easy to go over on fat. I mean, if you go out and you have a steak dinner, you're probably going to have a lot of fat. Right. Now, as far as burning it, burning it off, that just depends on how you're going about your training and how you're going about your, your, um, just your protocols in terms of fat loss. Fat loss isn't really always fun. I'll give you that. But as long as you're paying attention to, okay, how much energy is coming in, how much energy is going out. And you're focusing on improving your biofeedback, your sleep, your hunger, your recovery, your energy, your digestion, your stress, you're training hard enough to create a stimulus to build some muscle or at least maintain the muscle that you have. Your recovery is on point. Your internal health is good. Your fasted blood glucose is in check. All of these things are in good working order. Then it really shouldn't be that hard to burn the fat off. I think what it is is that people just don't know how to do that. Yeah. Right. They're, they just don't, they don't have a process. They don't have protocols that are put in place. They're just thinking, Oh, I eat this food and I gain weight. And so I eat less of it and I try to move more and I don't lose weight, but maybe you're not eating less. Maybe you're not tracking your macros. Maybe you don't know how much food is coming in. Maybe you don't know how much you're moving. Maybe you're not sleeping well. Maybe you got in a fight with your spouse. Maybe you got in an argument with your boss at work. Like all of these things play into actual fat loss, if you're not managing these variables, it is going to be harder. It is going to be frustrating. 
Yeah, I think the answer to this, honestly, is it's not easy to put on weight from carbs and fat, and it's not hard to burn it off. Well, you're, you're just like looking in the wrong place. I think you might be looking in the wrong place. It's easy but like, to put on weight if you're not paying attention and you and you have no like real education on what you're putting in your body. Yeah, it's then also you just don't know if you're just eating eat anything that you see. Exactly. Then yeah, for That's sure, because you don't know how much you're eating. Yeah. And you might be swinging back and forth. Like maybe one day you're not eating a lot. And then one day you have like 6,000 calories of like super processed stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah, for sure. Then that's really easy to put on weight. And let's, let's be real. Like if there's a reason the majority of America is obese and overweight, it's easy to eat food. Yeah. It, and, and and our, our system makes it easy to eat food. Like these companies, it's almost like hard we, to not eat. Food. It's hard. To, it, it's, you know, what's really hard is not eating food, but these, these companies are manufacturing food so that it's easy to eat so that they can make money. It's easy to eat food. It's easy to gain weight. It's much harder to do the opposite of that because you actually have to focus on all of these variables. But like as a bodybuilder, I'm, I'm focused on all these all the time. Yeah. For me, man, they really, they really like figured it out. Like this is, not, this is an industry. Dude. Oh dude. They think about it. Dialed. Think about it. Right. Yeah. Like every day, the, the normal person is like stressed out and overwhelmed. And so you've got your body like fighting against you. Like, it's like, you've got things flying at you all over the place. Your job is hard. Like you're not in a position by yourself to necessarily be educated on these things. You don't know what you're doing. Everybody's stressed out. So your body's natural response is like, let's put on weight. Cause we don't, cause we're stressed. We don't know what the <laughs> fuck's going on. And these food companies like know that. And so they're just like constantly shoving things in your face. Mm-hmm. And well, they also understand that a lot of people eat, as a way to manage their stress. Yeah. So people like stress eating is a thing. They're really taking it. And of people, yeah, honestly. I wonder how they come up with like how much of each food goes into each bag, like right. a small bag of potato chips versus a large bag of potato chips yeah. versus like a medium one. I wonder like how many groups of people did they go through to like figure out, okay, people are going to eat this many potato chips, but but if there's this many in a bag, if we put a little bit more in a bag, they'll eat more. Yeah. I mean, they're it's, like, it's all just a fucking, it's just drugs. Yeah. Literally just- <laughs> they're, they're the best drug dealers in the world. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you think about how calculated Facebook and Instagram can be where it's like, all right, your friend we know that you guys are friends and we know that you were right next to each other. And he looked up this thing at this time. Therefore I know that everything about you from your Facebook profile, because you know him, you were next to him. You're going to be looking for this thing. Now we're going to deliver you an ad. Yep. That's how smart they are about getting you to eat junk food. Well, they're also so using that data yourself. Dude. Yo, they're also using that data. I yeah. get like, I'm surprised I haven't gotten ads for potato chips. I think it's because I follow so many fitness people and I am a fitness person. Yeah. I'm surprised I haven't gotten a targeted ad for Lay's right. yet. Yeah. They're like, Hungry? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Snickers is going to be hitting me up. But I, I know we, we, we took a major tangent right there. But yeah. um, I think, yeah, it's, it's easy to put on weight because it's easy to eat food and it's easy to not move. And doing hard things is hard. And sometimes burning fat is hard and reaching your fitness goals is hard. But the more you do hard things, the better you're going to be as a human. So, like, yeah. Practice doing hard things. You just got, you have to really want to. Discipline is hard. Yeah. You have to, yeah. If you want it, you'll find a way. If not, you'll find an excuse. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, so let's move over to training. Yep. What is better for lower body muscle growth, supersets or normal heavy compound lifts? 
Ah, I saw this question come in through Instagram uh, from Angie, who's been asking a lot of questions. She's actually been really great. Um, first things first, supersets just aren't good for muscle growth. Um, if y'all know the way that we train, we train with a high level of intensity. We train, we train to failure. We train until a muscle can no longer contract against the load. Now, supersets is doing two movements back to back with no rest in between. Typically, I believe the, uh, the actual definition of a superset would be uh, uh, contradictory muscle groups. Mm -hmm. So like a bicep and a tricep movement, whereas a compound set would be like two bicep movements. Either way, if, if you train with me and you send me a training video and by the end of it, you look like you could go do another exercise, I'm going to tell you you're not training hard enough. Like hypertrophy, muscle growth, is a product of effort. And if you're not putting all of your effort into that one lift, then you're not gonna create a stimulus loud enough for growth. Your body needs to have a reason to change. We talk about this all the time. The body will only adapt when it feels like it absolutely has to. So create a loud enough signal through that movement, through that lift, through that exercise, in that set, in every single rep, where your body believes that if it doesn't adapt to that stimulus and get stronger and build muscle so that it can do that next time, if it, it needs to believe that if it can't do that, it might die. So especially for lower body, yeah, I, I like heavy compound lifts. Um, like for example, most of my training right now revolves around um, heavy squats or squat movements, heavy leg press, um, heavy belt squats. I do do some isolation movements like hamstring curls or adductors uh, because I do believe that they're important, especially for my physique and what I'm going for. I need some adductors. Um, but yeah, heavy compound lifts are pretty much always going to be the meat and potatoes, uh, for lack of a better term, of your training. You want to you want to push heavy. Yeah. Like you very, well, think about it this way. How many, how many times do you see people lifting light weights at the gym that are like jacked? Yeah, very rarely. Very rarely. Like the, the if they are, they're moving impeccably with a massive amount of intent. And it might just be like, quote unquote, light for them. I'm doing air quotes. But, you know, we have to lift heavy. We need we need intensity. We need heavy, high intensity, high intent, perfectly executed lifts. That's going to build you the most muscle, especially for lower body compound, lower body muscle growth. I mean- yeah, you can, you can build a, a good set of legs without squatting, but I think that from a central nervous system standpoint, your body has to have a lot of weight on it. It has to be under a heavy load for it to recognize that, oh shit, like this is dangerous. You know, mm -hmm. it's very hard to do that with light weights and leg extensions. Right. We need heavy compounds. So adding on to that, how do, how do you get started with like a beginner or, or, you know, someone who's maybe at more risk of like injury, for instance, like someone who's like either probably not like a young person, but a middle-aged person, or even an, an elderly person who either hasn't worked out in a really long time is a, is a beginner or is just older. And at, you know, I, you see, you see videos of, 80, 90 year olds doing like heavy deadlifts, mm -hmm. but like, how did that person get there? You know what I mean? So a lot of them probably started when they were young, although I mean, no, granted, of, yeah, I think my, a lot of them don't like they, yeah, my, I have, my client, Ellen, shout out to Ellen uh, is 72, I believe 
deadlifts 155 pounds. Yeah. Like, and she, she started lifting with me three years ago. That was the first time she ever lifted. She's going to be like super healthy. She for an older is person. super healthy. Yeah. She's a rock star and people in her family already live to be like a hundred plus. So she's got the genes for it. But, um, that's a good question for people who are starting out. We want to take into consideration what you're do, what your body's doing on a daily basis, right? It is very difficult to go through your life without squatting, benching, deadlifting, overhead pressing, lunging, rowing. These are all movements that you do every day, right? Open a door, that's a row. Heavy door, that's a row. Push open a heavy door, that's a bench press. Lift something heavy up over your head to put it on a high shelf at a grocery store or in, in, the, in your garage, that's an overhead press. Or lifting your suitcase in an airplane, Lifting I your, hate watching yeah. people do that. I hate watching people struggle with that. <laughs> so people need to do more if overhead presses. If you can't presses. put your suitcase above your seat, Leave the airplane and call Josh immediately. <laughs> Check it. How about that? Yeah. Check it. But for those people, let's first establish the fact that the word heavy is relative, right? Heavy for right. you is different than heavy for me is different than heavy for my client, Ellen. So, you know, as I, as we get better at these lifts, you know, I, I can deadlift over 500 pounds. I can pick up a hundred pounds off the ground and like, it's, Yes, I always want it to be perfect, but it's okay if like I'm a little loose with my form. Mm -hmm. Now, if my mom tried to pick up 100 pounds off the ground, like that's a different story. It has to be absolutely perfect. So we practice these movements and heavy becomes relative. And as we get better at the movement, they become heavier. And the intensity at which we're performing them can become greater because we have better execution and better intent. But... I believe that as long as you are focused on your execution and the intent at which, with which you're moving, the intent of the exercise, then you can lift heavy. If your form's not good, back off. That's pretty much what it comes down to. But everybody should be able to do those things. Everybody should be able to squat, bench, deadlift, overhead press, lunge, and row. Yeah. And I mean, I think mo so many health problems that people develop when they're older just come from them not doing this. Yeah. Your not body, to mention like, breaks down, your hormones get all messed up. If, if, if anybody's listening and I know a lot of our listeners are, are younger, but if anybody's listening and like your parents or your grandparents, um, that they, they're going to get to a point in their life where if they fall, they might need to hold on to something to get up. And I think about this all the time. Something that I always did when I was training more in person and I'm training older clientele is I want them all to be able to stand up from the sitting position on the floor, on their butt. I want them to be able to stand up without using their hands. No hands on knees, nothing, no holding on to anything. And that means that they're gonna have to get into a lunge position, right? Very few people can do that like sit Indian style thing and just like push up on your legs and spin around and stand up. Most people have to get into a lunge position. So that's a very valuable thing to be able to do. If you fall as an older person and you break your wrist or something and you need to be able to stand up without holding on to anything or without using your hands, like you need to be able to do that. That's kind of like a life or death thing. Yeah. So those are my six movements that I think everybody should be able to do even as a beginner, um, especially as a beginner rather, I should say, and practice those, get as strong as you can and perfect those movements. You're gonna be really strong and really capable. You're gonna develop a great physique. Love it. All right. Um, this one is also about nutrition. This is from Ryan URR, Ryan Err. Mm -hmm. Yep. Also a client. What's um, up? He said, sticking with 
workout slash nutrition plan while on vacation or business trip? Okay, so this is the, this that one's hard. That's hard, dude, dude. This is hard. traveling and eating well. This is hard. So I actually did a long video when I was in Florida and I visited the Revive Gym. Um, this was in f- end of February, maybe. Um, I think it was end of February. I did a long video in the Muscle Building Secrets Facebook group about how to travel and stay on track. And essentially I went through like how to pick your hotel, make sure it has a microwave, how to pick your hotel based on like where a gym is in location to it or what equipment is available at that gym, how to manipulate your workouts if you have to, to work with the hotel gym, and then how to stay on track with your macros. So to break that down, like, well, first I highly recommend that everybody join the Muscle Building Secrets group and go find that video and watch it, especially if you have a trip coming up, it's very valuable. What I cover in that video is um, essentially what I do. And so I was staying at a hotel for a couple of days while training at the Revive Gym. So I had access to a fantastic gym, like absolutely love that gym, but I didn't have a kitchen. All I had was a microwave, but I made sure that I found a hotel that had a microwave. And I went to the local store, uh, grocery store, which was a Publix. And whenever I'm on vacation, like as long as I have access to a microwave, I'm good. Even if that's like a gas station microwave, I'm good. I go and I get either Uncle Ben's or VT microwavable rice. I get a bunch of tuna packets. I get Purdue or whatever pre-cooked chicken breast there is available. A lot of times it's pre-packaged. Now, granted, your sodium is going to be a little bit higher, but you're going to hit your macros. It's going to be okay. Just drink a lot of water. All right. I get, uh, so yeah, I get sodium. uh, Sorry. I get Purdue pre-cooked chicken breast and I get frozen vegetables. I buy a few meal prep, uh, like Tupperware containers. I get cereal. I get for my carbs. I get, uh, for my like pre-workout carbs, I get like some almond milk and I basically get everything that all I need is a microwave. And I get a lot, all my carbs through basically fruits, my microwavable rice, my cereal. Um, I get my protein through my chicken, my tuna packets. And I always bring a tub of protein powder, literally just like throw a tub of protein powder in my suitcase. And I bring a shaker cup. Um, and I get my fats through obviously chicken. I get peanut butter. So as long as you're willing to invest the time into figuring out what you need, making sure that you have a microwave available to you somewhere, and then going to the grocery store and saying, okay, what can I eat that does not require a kitchen? Mm-hmm. And usually it's the things that I just listed. Now bring your supplementation with you, bring your shaker cup with you, make sure that you still have time to go to the gym. If you need to go in the morning, then go in the morning. But this is, this is going to happen. Like vac- vacations. Yeah, sure. Sometimes I'm like clients, dude, enjoy your vacation. Like don't be an asshole, but enjoy your vacation. If you're with someone who travels for business a lot, which is a lot of my clients, this is your life. If you can't figure it out, you're not going to make progress. And if you can't you're also just going to be really unhealthy, because you're going to be exactly. naturally in a worse, you're, you're in a worse situation than someone yeah. who's like, at home yeah. and in an office. So what like, are you just always eating out all yeah, the time? Quit your job or like figure out how to do this basically, F- or just be really figure unhealthy. it out. It's like, if you really think about it and you go to a grocery store and you're like, okay, I need carbs, fats, and proteins. It's not really that hard. Yeah. Where do you get your carbs from? Make a list. Where do you get your fats from? Make a list. Where do you get your proteins from? Make a list. Okay, cool. Now of those things, 
which ones of those can I get that I can make without a kitchen, without a, without a stove, without an oven, just a microwave. Tuna packets are great. Protein powder is great as long as it digests well. Uh, Pre-cooked chicken is great. Deli slices are great. It's okay if your sodium is a little bit high. Like focus on the macro, not the micro right now. We just need to get your your macronutrients in. We need to hit your your macros. We need to hit your steps. We need to hit your training. We need to prioritize sleep. We need to prioritize digestion. You can do all the same things. Yeah. It just takes a little bit more planning. But if you're not willing to plan, have fun failing. Yeah, and buy some Tupperware and- the extra cost of the Tupperware while you're there will be one fraction of what it would have cost you to eat out to eat out. meals. Yeah. So you're going to be, <laughs> your manager is going to love you because your, <laughs> yeah. your fear, your travel costs are going to be half yep. of, of, of anyone else's. So and put that, win. and put that, put the rest of those travel costs towards a gym. Yeah. Your, your drop-in fee at a gym. There you go. Cause you're not spending 10 to $40 every time you eat out three to four times a day, you're spending a fraction of that on just food for your hotel room, go work out. Cool. That easy. Um, here's another one about eating food and training. Is it important to eat before training? I train early in the morning and I don't always have time to get anything in. Okay. Yes. So I I've talked about this a lot in the muscle building secrets group. It is important to eat before training. I mean, you wouldn't drive your car with no gas in it, right? No, probably not a good idea. I mean, I've done. I it. mean, I do it all the time. <laughs> I, I say this as my car is probably on, the the gas light's probably on right now. I ran out of gas <laughs> one time while I was driving on a highway. <laughs> it was quite the adventure. I almost ran out of gas. Yeah, like I was turning my car off. I drive a manual, so I was like turning my car off, rolling up to stop signs. I've never seen the needle that low, and I I, I rolled into a gas station. I filled it up. My car is a fifteen gallon tank, and it was fourteen point nine nine like four. Oh my God. Like I've never been that low. So um, I guess do as I say, not as I do, but like I always eat before training. I think it is very important to fuel your body for your workout. Personally, in my opinion, those meals are your, like the pre intra and post-workout meals. Those calories are your most important calories of the day. They're going to fuel your workout. They're going to fuel your recovery. So yes, I do believe it's very important to eat before training. Now, if you work out first thing in the morning, like I have some clients who, you know, they'll roll out of bed at five o'clock and they start their workout at five 30. I get it. You don't want to wake up at four, four 30 in the morning to get a meal in. So what I would recommend to those people is have a bigger meal the night before. And whenever you're eating that close to bed, I think a lot of people, uh, are under the assumption that eating at night makes you fat. It, it, it doesn't, especially carbs at night. Like, it does not make you fat. Okay. But what I do recommend is you, if you're going to eat pretty close to bed, just make sure that you can like walk around to help assimilate that food a little bit. So personally, if, if I have to eat lately, I've been eating a little bit later at night, um, just because my schedule is a little bit different. And so I'll eat pretty late at night. And instead of just going straight to bed, I try to at least walk around the house for like five, 10 minutes. Um, just so I don't like eat and then go to bed and my stomach is sitting there. My digestion's all fucked up. Yeah. So my recommendation to people who train early in the mornings is have a bigger meal the night before. So save some of your macros, especially carbohydrates and fats for the night before. And then when you wake up, if you can't have a meal meal and I give my clients pre and post workout macros. So I give them, I want you to hit this many protein, this many carbs, this many fats before you train. If that's difficult because you wake up at five and you train at 5.30, wake up, start walking around, have a protein shake if you can, 
If not, or if it upsets your stomach training that close to uh, drinking a protein shake that close to your training, then at least start eating some fruit or drinking some 100% fruit juice. Drink that so you have some carbohydrates in your system. We talked about carbohydrates and anaerobic activity in the fats first carbs episode. That's your main source of energy. So get some carbs in you. I like 100% fruit juice. Fruit's also great. And then start sipping. I would increase your intra, your pre and your intra-workout carbohydrates and just continue to sip those carbs during your workout so that you at least have something in your system. That's going to be much better than not really eating much the night before because you didn't save enough macros and then waking up basically fasted with very little carbs in your system, probably very little glycogen if you're, if you're not, depending on how much food you're eating, how many carbs you're eating. Um, that, that's much more effective than training fasted for sure. Now, the only time I do like fasted training is if it's cardio. I love fasted cardio. I have a big fan of fasted cardio, but that's neither here nor there. So yeah, if you're going to lift weights, that's what I would recommend. Try to get some carbs in. Cool. All right. Well, we're going to cut it off there for All today. Right. Yeah. If, if y'all have questions, you know where to find us. Travis says, <laughs> maybe you do, maybe you don't, maybe you don't. Um, but yeah, no, you can always reach out to us on our Instagrams. Um, at Josh Levine fitness, Travis is at Travis Hawks media. And then, um, interact with the podcast on Instagram. It's at struggle two, the number two strength pod. And you can submit your questions to any of those. We'll put up these question boxes every now and then. But uh, yeah, I, I quite enjoy doing listener Q and A's. Yeah. I like same. being a nerd and talking about like stuff it. and answering questions. That's cool. Right on. So, yeah. All right. Well, I hope this was helpful for you all. I hope to those of us who, uh, those of you who we answered your questions for, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, definitely keep on sending those questions in. We'll keep these coming. We'll keep rolling out, giving you guys valuable content until next time. Thank you for tuning into another episode of the struggle strength podcast. We'll see you next week. <laughs>